This is the Rocky Mountain Review. My name is Maximus Hunter. And I'm Ren Wadsworth, and we are joined remotely by our two reporters today. It's Jonathan Boomtown Gillum with sports. Hi there, it's Coda Babcock with the COVID-19 outbreak update. We've got a great show coming up for you today. We're going to have someone from Rams Against Hunger here to talk about what you can do if you need food assistance during a quarantine. I know we're in safer at home, but still, it can be hard with people not working, so we're going to be talking about that. Uh, Coda's got COVID, Boomtown's got sports, Ren's got local news, Uh, and I've got a dramatic, world-shattering newscast, possibly. It might be. We'll see. (laughs) I'm excited. It's gonna be uh, it's gonna be dramatic no matter what. <laughs> All right, and we're gonna start it off with local or we're gonna start off with sports actually with Jonathan Gill. <clears throat> Hello and thank you for listening. It's Jonathan Boomtown Gillum with some sporting news. I've got some interesting sporting updates for all the listeners out there. So the NFL draft uh, happened over this weekend, and it was exciting for many sports fans to have something to watch. Uh, some Key highlights were the expected Joe Burrow going number one overall to the Bengals. Some other surprises were hardly any trades happened in the first round. The first trade didn't happen until Tampa Bay moved up from spot 14 to 13. Um, And also the Packers drafted QB Jordan Love with their first round pick and ignored the entire wide receiver position, causing much controversy. And additionally, the local Denver Broncos snagged Jerry Judy, arguably considered the best wide receiver in the draft. So that's exciting for local fans. Next, in national sports news, with some businesses returning, there's much buzz about the return of certain sports. Many of us want to see the NHL, NBA playoffs, and baseball opening day, which has yet to happen, as well as golf and soccer have yet to happen. Well, I have a little official word of what the future will be. Dr. Anthony Fauci spoke to the New York Times in an article published on April 28th, and Dr. Fauci said, it might be very difficult for major sports in the United States to return to action this year. He also said safety for the players and for the fans trumps everything. If you can't guarantee safety, then unfortunately you're gonna have to bite the bullet. And he says, we might might have to go without sports this season. Additionally, the New York Times also reported uh, a more official list of the maybes in their April 27 article. Baseball has talks of opening this month, but all teams um, will be playing in Arizona if that happens. That's the, the buzz. The NBA is also considering allowing teams to resume practice on May 8th. UFC is considering mid-May events. Soccer, hockey, golf, and tennis are unknown right now. March Madness is canceled, of course, and the Olympics are postponed until next year. Tour de France has been postponed until August. The NFL is still on schedule, but the only question is how will training camp proceed? Um, There hasn't been any official decisions, but we have had some official talks. Uh, We will also keep a close eye on this, and hopefully we have something in a more official capacity in the coming weeks. Lastly, in local sports news, something interesting, first reported by Denver 7, is there is a virtual axe competition that will be happening uh, at the midsummer. Interestingly, a report, it will also include several Coloradans. And also, they also report is one of the fastest growing sports in the US. I found that very interesting. 
Um, and if this is of interest, more information can be found on the World Axe Throwing League website or find Quarantine Axe Throwing League on Facebook. Uh, that's that's pretty interesting to me. Yeah. Um, also, <laughs> yeah, uh, so if you're missing that deep dive into sports, well, KCSU FM just put up several new articles, podcasts, and pre-recorded shows, including a deep dive into the draft by division of all 32 teams on the Nick Baker pre-recorded show. If any of that is of interest, more information can be found at KCSU's website, kcsufm.com. And that is all I have for sports news. Thanks for listening. I hope everyone is having a wonderful sunny day, staying well and sane. Well, cloudy day, excuse me. And I will be hopping off at this point. Uh, Glad to do another segment with all my wonderful colleagues. Always a great time. I have, yes. a, I have a couple questions I want to ask you about that that newscast if you if you have a second. Yes. Yeah. Uh, oh there yeah. Were, there were some things in there that were just awesome. Axe throwing like like <laughs> hatchets. Yeah, like uh, yeah, throwing axes. What? Um, interesting story. I can uh, actually I'll send you uh, off air the the link. Yeah. For the story, uh, I just found that kind of I was trying to find something interesting in local sports news on a more positive. It's note, blowing up you know? in the U.S. That's I thought, crazy. Yeah, it's 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 actually one of the uh, yeah the U.S.'s fastest growing sports. Um, it's going to be virtual, of course. I, I don't know any of the rules, so I, I definitely want to look at it because I'm guessing it. it I, I imagine it could be like darts, you know, throwing That's at a the target. Issue. Don't have an axe. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm guessing it's probably going to happen in, in someone's basement, you know, with uh, a, a live recording, and they're going to throw axes at a target. And maybe draw lines on the floor and have distance. That's that's what I'm I not guess, endorsing that, but, but I'm saying just, that yeah. sounds super fun. If that's <laughs> just it's just me. I'm not endorsing this at all. But yeah, yeah, it's if you're it, safe it shows you, uh, and you're me. Yeah, hopefully there's lots of safety precautions and a safe environment. But it kind of shows you uh, what what kind of came out of a, a quarantined era. A new sport kind of got in the rise. That's, it's fascinating. <laughs> I love that. All right, thank you for your time, Boomtown. It's been a pleasure. Of course, always. Take care. I am, uh, for anyone who is listening, I, I was thinking that, you know, here's that there's no sports, and it's like, well, I don't I don't care about sports. You know that's true about, like, music festivals and every big gathering. It's really kind of a shame. Yeah, definitely. I think, yeah, a lot more is going to be affected than people think in the coming months. Like, I think businesses are going to reopen but i think a lot of summer activities that people want to do they're not going to be able to do anymore exactly like the um the uh, windsor public beach yeah like i was going to say swimming like just swimming in general you aren't going to be able to do for a no, while public pools definitely not and i mean we it's it's a, such a shame because we have such a lovely public beach up here in northern colorado that i just found out about last summer but that's probably not going to open yeah. up again yeah Till next year. Till next year. Well, speaking of COVID, Coda, what's happening? A lot, and a lot in New York specifically. I'm going to touch on one thing in New York since I like to keep it local. Okay. But, anyways, I'm Coda Babcock, and this is the COVID 19 outbreak update for Thursday, April 30th, 2020. The city of Fort Collins is transitioning Heritage Park outdoor shelter users to the Northside Aslan Indoor Shelter, with a new space intended to better support the physical isolation of houseless people who are also at high risk of facing severe complications if exposed to COVID-19. 
The Northside Aslan Community Center has repurposed an area on the second floor to shelter these vulnerable populations, and it allows them separate rooms and designated bathrooms. The primary overnight shelters at Northside Aslan Community Center is designated for men, while the less vulnerable, while less vulnerable women can access shelter at the Fort Collins Rescue Mission and Community Christ Church. The transition began this Monday on April 27th, and the Parks and Recreation Department will be assessing any need for restoration for the park following this transition at the end of this week. Closing the outdoor space and moving these individuals into an indoor shelter is happening in order to better comply with safer at home guidelines. Health screening and monitoring of individuals using these facilities will be ongoing. More information on how the city is managing this shelter and other COVID-19 issues is available at fcgov.com EPS slash coronavirus. A second transport bus operator has tested positive for COVID-19. The positive test was reported to the city of Fort Collins on April 28, 2020, and the bus driver last reported for duty on April 27th. Transport has suspended fares to prevent interaction and promote social distancing between riders and operators of the transport system. While the Center for Disease Control guidelines indicate, have indicated that the transmission risk for passengers of this operator's routes are low, the city has announced all routes served by the operator since April 18th. These routes include Route 2 on Saturday, April 18th from 5.38 a.m. to 1.37 p.m., Route 2 trailer on Monday, April 20th from 5.38 a.m. to 1.37 p.m., the Rover on Tuesday, April 21st from 6 a.m. to 2 p.m., the Route 8 trailer on Wednesday, April 22nd from 5.40 a.m. to 1.39 p.m., the Max on Friday, April 24th from 6.18 p.m. or 6.18 a.m. to 1.01 p.m., Route 2 on Saturday, April 25th from 5.38 a.m. to 1.37 p.m., and the Route 81 trailer on Monday, April 27th from 5.55 a.m. to 12.25 p.m. Again, these are the transport routes served by an operator who recently tested positive for COVID-19. If you are a rider on any of these routes and are concerned that you may have symptoms, visit cdc.gov coronavirus and navigate to the coronavirus self-checker. Fort Collins, Larimer County, and the state of Colorado are all moving into the safer at home phase of COVID-19 outbreak management. The Safer at Home order is intended to gradually open up the local economy while preventing a spike in COVID-19 cases that could potentially overwhelm medical systems. The Safer at Home order is in place until May 26, but the dates it is in place may be extended or changed if needed. The goal of the Safer at Home order is to maintain 60 to 65% physical distancing in public spaces. People are encouraged to remain at home as frequently as possible, meaning that a person should only go out for essential activities or to return to approved lines of work. Face coverings must be worn in by all who enter a place of business, whether the person is an employee or a customer. Face coverings are also expected to be worn in any public setting, including crowded outdoor areas. Gatherings of more than 10 people are still not permitted and six feet of social distance should be maintained. Sick people may not return to work until at least 72 hours after their fever goes away without the use of fever reducers like Tylenol. Travel must stay in the community unless absolutely essential, and playgrounds will remain closed for public health and safety reasons. Aging adults and other susceptible populations should continue to stay home unless absolutely necessary, and they should take advantage of special industry hours for grocery shopping. Extreme precautions are being maintained at long-term care facilities to prevent and manage outbreak levels and their impact on aging adults. Earlier this week, retail businesses deemed non-essential were able to reopen for delivery and curbside pickup only in Larimer County. Real estate agents were able to resume house showings with the exception of open house events. Elective medical and dental services were also able to begin reopening if following proper guidance and if they'd completed the county's checklist for reopening. 
Tomorrow on Friday, May 1st, personal services, retail, and non-essential business services are able to reopen if implementing mandatory practices and if they have completed the county's checklist for reopening. Commercial offices can can begin reopening on Monday, May 4th if they have also implemented necessary practices and completed the checklist. Places of worships, restaurants, bars, educational facilities, and other businesses will receive separate guidance on reopening that has not yet been released. As of April 30th, 2020, Larimer County has 366 cases of COVID-19 and 19 COVID-19 related deaths with three outbreaks in the county. 52% of cases are from Fort Collins and 35% are from Loveland. Those ages 35 to 44 are experiencing one-fifth of all cases in the county and women make up 61% of confirmed cases while men make up 39%. The state of Colorado has 14,758 cases with 2,621 of those cases facing hospitalization across 56 counties. 69,449 people have test, have been tested statewide. There have been 157 outbreaks, resulting in 766 deaths across the state. The last update for the state of Colorado's numbers was provided on April 29th at 4 p.m. The United States has over 1 million cases nationwide and nearly 70,000 deaths, according to the New York Times. The state of New York has been hit particularly hard, and authorities in New York discovered dozens of bodies stored in unrefrigerated trucks near a Brooklyn funeral home due to medical and and funeral facilities becoming overwhelmed and running out of space. Today's information was gathered from the City of Fort Collins, Larimer County, the Colorado Department of Public Health and Environment, the Centers for Disease Control, and the New York Times. That's all for today's COVID-19 outbreak update. I'm Coda Babcock and you're listening to the Rocky Mountain Review on KCSU Fort Collins 90.5 FM. Of course. That's um, about New York. That's really uh, wild. Yeah. Um, they, they previously in the past couple of weeks have had to open up temporary mass graves as well, or something similar to that. I mean, they've, um, in New York's been, they've hit been pretty than, severely than almost anywhere else. They've been hit. Incredibly. I think everywhere in the country, they have the most cases. Oh, easily. Um, you can actually, if you just like Google, uh, COVID-19, you'll see like a little map, right? And I mean, it should. New York is like a, it's it's a big a red big circle red on circle it. And everywhere else is just, uh, dots mostly. Yeah, when I was looking yeah. at uh, one of those maps, I was surprised at how well like Colorado is doing. I don't know why. Like Colorado has a like, bit of a rise right now, but we are doing generally better than a lot of states. And there were yeah, I don't know why. Well. I guess I got it in my head that Colorado was like one of the worst states. In, I don't in know the very why. beginning, we were looking like it, but we did a really good job of social distancing. Um, and Denver, Denver didn't fare as Go well us. as the rest of Colorado. I mean, Larimer County is almost at the bottom of uh colorado as far as cases go like we're we did really well here so yeah go us yeah Larimer county has done pretty good all right ren well after that we need to hear some local news what's going on a man in fort collins has been arrested for spray painting the word dead over 100 times according to cbs denver bike patrol officers saw a suspect spray painting in various spots in early april in all the instances the word dead was painted in this specific style. On April 21st, police arrested 25-year-old Fort Collins resident Kenneth Wakefield for criminal mischief, a Class 6 felony. It's estimated the graffiti cost $4,789 in damage on public and private property. Greg Nieto from Fox 31 News reports that a Fort Collins engineer has created a device called the Social Stick, which aims to help people practice social distancing. The six-foot instrument helps people know that they are staying six feet away from each other. Archie Custer is the inventor. He says he recently came up with the idea after a conversation with friends. Quote, maybe this is just a fun gift for a friend. 
but it's cool and practical too. And the concept is gaining attention. Custer says he is in conversations with retail stores and government ent entities. The social stick can be found at socialstickusa.com. And we. You know what? that's going to blow up. That's going to go like huge. He's, yeah, he's going to make probably. a lot. Like, he's going to be uh, the next big entrepreneur. I don't know. I think it can go either way because it kind of depends on how everything pans out. Really. I guess that's true. If this ends really soon, then maybe not. But if this doesn't, then I feel like that's going to be like a selfie stick, right? We're going to. Yeah, they're kind of funny. They're. Uh... I was looking at them, they're like extendable. And I think the idea is that you would like pull it out and like point it at someone. Like six feet. At least feet. in the diagrams. <laughs> yeah, like, hey, stay six feet away from me. Um, but yeah, so whether it's like a gag gift or I'm, it does have practical a, application. It, it has more practical application than just keeping you safe from social distancing. Say- Yeah, like it, it essentially is a pointer, like, um, college professors sometimes have where you like point at whiteboards that's essentially what it is oh see i was thinking if someone's coming up to you that you don't want to have a conversation with like someone's like trying to hit on you or like you know someone's mom you haven't seen them in like you know 10 years you can just be like oh sorry social distancing <laughs> yeah that is true <laughs> just, just me <laughs> okay moving on continue Ren. <laughs> Yeah, so we talked a little bit about it uh, with Jonathan, um, where we were talking about it's not just sports that's going to be canceled, a lot of stuff we're not going to be able to do this summer. And one thing that I think it's going to take a while to get back into is movie theaters, but uh, the Holiday Twin Drive-In Movie Theater in Fort Collins will be opening this Friday. Um, and with movie theaters still being closed, this alternative offers a way for people to still see a movie and abide by social distancing protocols. According to the website, the following restrictions will be in place. The field will operate at half capacity. You'll be asked to stay in your vehicle or next to it while at the drive-in. And the only exceptions will be to pick up concessions and food and use the restroom. If you are leaving your vehicle area for an appropriate purpose, you are asked to wear a mask. And restrooms will be limited and occupancy and cleaning intervals will be established with guidance from the Larimer County Health Department. So it's cool that that... Um, is available back. for people that's exciting honestly because uh i always look forward to that ever since i moved here and i was yeah. scared that wasn't coming back yeah i've never gone and i it's think it's really fun yeah i might i've gone to the one in pueblo i almost died there whoa but it was, i i choked on a chicken nugget oh my gosh i know i always tell people i almost died in pueblo and they're like oh my gosh what happened Cause, yeah because pueblo's kind of has a bad reputation oh, i thought you were gonna say being... like mountain lions Oh, I did not know about that, but uh, that makes sense too, because it's like a plane. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, no, nope, cho choked on a chicken nugget because I was laughing. <laughs> oh, you know, that's a good way to go. <laughs> yeah, I know. I was like, wow, if this, this is it. <laughs> this is it. You know, it's been a good life. This, these chicken nuggets were tasty. No, definitely. <laughs> but that is all the local news I have for you right now. Awesome. Well, we're going to take a break, but when we come back, we're going to be joined by Rams Against Hunger's Michael Butram. And we're going to talk about resources for students who need uh, food assistance. You're listening to the Rocky Mountain Review here on 90.5 KCSU, Fort Collins. And we're back on the Rocky Mountain Review. My name is Maximus Hunter. And I'm Ren Wadsworth. And we just heard from our amazing reporters, uh, Coda Babcock and Jonathan Killham, uh, Boomtown. 
but they unfortunately had to leave. But we have a really cool interview planned for you today. Yes, we are joined by Michael Butcherum of Rams Against Hunker. Thank you for joining us, Michael. Thanks for having me. So uh, for those who don't know, Rams Against Hunger is CSU's uh, meal assistance program. And we just wanted to start with the important stuff. We're going to come back to this every now and then for people just tuning in. But uh, just right down to it, if you're a Ram who needs food assistance, where can you go to get help? There are a number of different programs on campus operating well, and I'll go into um, the menu of services that we offer in normal times, and then we'll speak specifically to our current situation. Currently, I'll start with the latter. Currently, I would advise people to go to one of three pocket pantry locations on campus. The first of those is going to be in the vestibule just on the plaza side of the LSC, the ASCSU entrance from the plaza. You can swipe your RAM ID anytime there, 8 to 8, 8 a.m. to 8 p.m. Enter, and it's an honor system. Take what you need ensure that there's gonna be something left for the people who follow you. If you notice that anything is running low, you can feel free to contact us on the numbers that are left on the signage. Um, there is also a pocket pantry located at Aggie Family in the international section. That's open to anybody. You can go over anytime that their office hours are open. You can walk in, no questions asked. That, that pantry is open to anybody with, within the RAM community. Um, and finally, there's a new location at University Village in the 1600 block, kind of at the clubhouse area. Um, and you can just ask at the office there, you'd be able to go right back and take what you need. Then we have an augmented service that has come up just within the last couple of weeks. And I'm glad to have the chance to highlight it here. I really hope that we'll get uh, a number of people utilizing this service because we certainly have a wonderful selection of food available. And this is going to be out of the LSC Theater. We are open on Mondays from 3 o'clock to 7 o'clock p.m., Tuesdays from 8 a.m. to noon, Thursdays again from 3 o'clock to 7 o'clock p.m., and Fridays from 8 a.m. to noon. We're trying to accommodate for as many schedules as we can. This is a cost-free shopping experience. Um, we have a list of a variety of foods that are going to be available. Um, you let us know which those would which you would prefer. We will pre-pack your box for you. We're practicing all forms of social distancing, doing our very best to maintain a secure, safe, very clean environment uh, at all costs. And then we'll bring out your box to you. Sample box might include a frozen pizza and some soups as well as uh, right now we have deli meats and corn dogs, a ton of fresh fruit and produce, cereals, Nutri-Grain bars, uh, you name it, we have something like it available in the box right now. So again, please come out and utilize the service. So how do you ensure that everything stays sanitary? We're working with our environmental services department um, very closely on campus and they're maintaining a very scrutinous eye on this, uh, on the whole situation. Uh, we're working with the head chef of the LSC and only catering staff are doing the food preparation and the food uh, distribution. So right now we know we're working with professionals. These are the same individuals who would be catering your event at the LSC or serving um, a dinner at one of our uh, dining complexes. These, these are certified individuals. They know what they're doing. And uh, 
I stay back and run the logistics stuff. So what kind of food is there? Right now, I was mentioning, you know, we have a wonderful connection with Hormel. Hormel has offered quite a bit of donated food for this. We are also partnering with the Food Bank of Larimer County, which means we're going to get a lot of fresh and local produce. Right now, there is cabbage, corn on the cob, um, onions, potatoes, apples, oranges, um, so a variety of fresh fruits and vegetables. There are going to be a couple of frozen prepared meals available, some deli meats, sliced deli meats for you. Um, we also have quite a few cereals and bread, varieties of breads. So yeah, just about everything. Anything you would expect to go to, it, um, you're going to walk away as if you went to the grocery store. Alrighty. Noosa yogurt. And we said we were going to keep... I'm sorry. I should definitely mention the <laughs> oh, Noosa no, yogurt. Good. I know that's a, a, a very popular product. <laughs> a hot ticket item. Yeah. Right. Um, but we wanted to circle back to this continuously, like Max said, but where can you go if you need food assistance? So this is that what I'm currently explaining is operating out of the LSC theater. And that's going to be four days a week, Mondays and Thursdays from 3 p.m. to 7 p.m. Tuesdays and Fridays from 8, 8 a.m. Excuse me until noon. <clears throat> uh, the meal swipe program is still in operation, operating out of the foundry. If you go to the Rams Against Hunger website, that's uh, just the Rams Against Hunger website, the CSU Rams Against Hunger website, you can also apply for the meal swipe program. Uh, you right now there is a, a pretty significant waiting list, but we're working very hard to get the donations in to make sure that that wait list is accommodated in the fall semester. Those individuals who are currently on that uh, were allocated 75 meal swipes to use over the course of the semester. And those meal swipes can typically be used in any dining hall. Right now, of course, only the foundry is open. Um, but if you feel that this is going to be a situation you find yourself in next year, facing any level of food insecurity, we invite you to go to the Rams Hunger website and apply for the Meal Swipe program. Also check out our Ram Food Recovery program, which puts you on a, um, a texting chain. And when there, is me when there is food left over from catered events, they'll text you and you can go get you know the fresh hot food that was had been served at an event and it's over and there's a little bit of food left often it'll be okay there are 50 bagels left at Durrell or there are 15 pizzas left in the LSC and whatever that situation might look like so we are kind of a broad menu of services with Rams Against Hunger trying to accommodate food needs at varying levels so you talked about it a little earlier but can I just have you explain it again uh, what pocket pantries are yeah, the pocket pantries are set up. Our original intention was more of a grab-and-go style opportunity, um, recognizing that many students are going to be spending as much as they have on various uh, the, the education and, and life's many, many items, and that, you know, you might fall short on your food budget for the month, and bringing something to school might have slipped your mind or it might not be within your budget. So you're just going to be able to step into a pocket pantry, no questions asked, there are gonna be maybe some ravioli or a can of tuna or three granola bars or, and there are gonna be a variety of, of items there for you. You grab what you need, it's an honor system. We appreciate that people typically take just what they need and leave the rest for somebody else who's gonna be in a similar situation. These are located 
in six locations typically throughout the year, but right now I want to draw your attention to University Village 1600, and that's going to be in the clubhouse area, at Aggie Village, Aggie Family Village, excuse me, and that's in the International House part, um, and then also our ASCSU entrance, which is on the plaza side entrance of the ASCSU uh, section of the LSE. Awesome. So you talked a little bit about it before that you can still use meal swipes, but can you use federal benefits? Uh, for Rams Against Hunger, the only affiliation that we have for trying to help students is trying to help students access federal benefits. So right now, and I would invite students to take a careful look at this, um, SNAP benefits have broadened their window and broadened the opportunity to include far more students than have ever been included before during this uh, immediate crisis. So if you think, well, I can't apply for SNAP, SNAP benefits, um, I'm obviously not going to uh, be an eligible applicant. Please think again, if you're experiencing food insecurity at any level, you, you should try this. If you had had work study in the past and are no longer in work study, if you had had work study and have managed to keep some work study hours, there is a high probability that you would be granted SNAP benefits. All you need to do is go to the SNAP website um, and you can go to Larimer County, you can go through a Larimer County portal. You can also reach out to the case management office. This is one streamlined way that I would definitely recommend to all students is to go through the case management office. There is a graduate intern by the name of Shay Lentz who is a fantastic individual who is helping students get their processed application through quickly. Typically, SNAP has also always required a, an extensive interview process and a longer wait period. Right now, they are working very, very hard at the county level, at the state level to streamline that process. There is no interview required that's been waived. So you can get on, fill out your application. You can know within a, a pretty manageable period. It's still, there's still a window of wait. Um, but once you're granted, I've seen most students with work study or who had work study walk away with $100 to $200 monthly SNAP benefits. And that's going to really be a game changer for so many individuals, as you can imagine. Um, and if it's, don't, don't let the work study thing hook you uh, or, or, or be a roadblock. If I'm not implying that if you have, if you don't have work study, it's not gonna be eligible, but that's just a good in indication. So um, just w once again, really quick, where can you go if you need food assistance in your RAM? Excellent. At this point, my first piece of advice would be that you visit the LSE Theater on Mondays or Thursdays from 3 o'clock to 7 o'clock p.m. So, for example, right now you can head over to the LSE Theater. Uh, Tuesdays and Fridays are going to be 8 a.m. To, to noon. But if you were to head over right now, we're going to invite you to take a look at our menu of, of items. You're going to say, okay, wonderful, everything on there I like, or actually I'm a vegetarian, can you exclude the meat products, or I'm lactose intolerant, please ex exclude the dairy products. We're going to come back out. You're going to end up with a box that's going to have items such as corn on the cob, potatoes, cabbage, um, apples, oranges, tomato, no, excuse me, no tomatoes right now. Carrots, though, we do have. 
Um, there are fresh fruits and vegetables galore at, at all times, so um, that'll be covered. You'll also have breads and cereals of an assorted variety, some meat products, um, so deli, deli uh, corned beef and deli roast beef right now, um, a couple of frozen items such as fresh or um, uh, frozen and prepared meals. Uh, you'll also end up with some granola bars and various dessert items. So you really will walk away with a full load of groceries. Um, Nusa yogurt, of course, as well. So please, if this is at all something you feel you could utilize, um, your household could utilize, don't hesitate to come on over. Uh, we would love to serve you. Alrighty, so how can you help support Rams Against Hunger? If you are in a position to do so, we greatly appreciate your visiting the Rams Against Hunger website. You'll notice within our accordion dropdown a donate to Rams Against Hunger option. This money will go toward the Meal Swipe program. Last fall, between our giving campaign and the Day of Giving, we were able to raise $250,000. Um, tremendous campaign. That money goes directly to a purchasing a swipes um, packet allocation for an individual who is facing higher levels of food insecurity. And so those who apply must meet a, a set of criteria. These are students facing higher levels of food insecurity. They're then granted 75 meal swipes to use over the course of the semester. It's loaded onto their RAM card. It looks like any other meal plan. There's no stigma. You walk up, that person is going to be served um, and, and beeped in just like everybody else. They can use those swipes throughout the semester at their discretion. So if you have the capability of doing so and you find yourself in that position and would like to give back to the RAM community in that way, we would very much appreciate your support. Thank you very much, Michael. Uh, we're just about done with our interview here today. But uh, if you want to learn more about Rams Against Hunger, it sounds like you can go to your website, correct? That's it. Yes, Rams Against Hunger. Just type that in and you'll, you'll we'll be the first thing that comes up. Awesome. And if you want to listen to this interview and you missed any part of it, you can find it on our website, kcsufm.com. We're going to take a quick break, but we're going to come right back. And we're back on the Rocky Mountain Review. My name is Maximus Hunter. And I'm Ren Wadsworth. And yeah, we just heard an amazing interview from Rams for Hunger. So if you missed that or any of our other newscasts, you can go ahead and check them out at kcsufm.com. Yeah. Um, now, normally I would have a news to cure the blues, but I don't have a full news to cure the blues today. I do have two breaking dramatic news stories to talk about, which good or bad, you're still going to want to know about. Uh, as far as COVID-19 goes, we are not out of the woods just yet, but there's a chance it may end much sooner than anticipated. Professor Adrian Hill and his team at the Jenner Institute at Oxford University have developed and are in the process of testing a working vaccine. Their secret? They've been studying coronavirus for years. According to New York Times, Professor Hill has been fascinated with fighting disease since the 1980s. Then it was malaria, and he founded the Jenner Institute to research viruses and develop vaccines. This became large scale in 2014 when his colleague Sarah Gilbert developed the vaccine for MERS. The lab began producing the vaccine in large scale at a rapid pace, and this became the template for doing so. Coincidentally, MERS happened to be a coronavirus, same as COVID-19. 
As of now, Hill hopes to begin human trials this month, after success with rhesus macaws. Six macaws, one of our closest genetic relatives, were infected with COVID-19 and given the vaccine at Montana's Rocky Mountain Laboratory. All six monkeys became healthy within a month. This is no guarantee that this vaccine will work on humans, but even if it fails, it will become valuable data. Aliens exist? Blink-182 was right? They are actually directly involved? And I'm not making <laughs> this up? Yeah, this is real, shockingly. Uh, the Pentagon confirmed Tuesday the veracity of three videos of, quote, unidentified flying objects, unquote. Each video is taken by military pilots, and all of them show inexplicable phenomena, such as a cylinder-shaped object flying at the exact same speed as the pilots, yet appearing to be hovering just below them. Its identity is completely unknown. The Pentagon confirming these videos is prompted by the video's leak last year by former Blink-182 guitarist, singer, and writer of the song Aliens Exist, Tom DeLonge. His leak of the videos, supported by former Senate Majority Leader Harry Reid, caused the Pentagon to comment last year confirming them. Now they have officially released them, causing even further speculation. While the subjects may not necessarily be alien, they are impossible to explain and very real. I suppose it depends on who you are if that's good or bad news. I for one welcome our alien overlords. It is real though, and just about as wild as it sounds. Uh, that's all I've got for today, but uh, after that, that's uh, that's plenty of breaking news. Yeah, pretty wild. Yeah, <laughs> I know. We we live in some really strange times. 2020, what a year. Uh, but let's forget about years. Let's talk about days for a second. Ren, what day is it today? It is the last day of April, which is crazy. Um, it is April 30th, and it is National Hairstylist Day. Um, today we celebrate those who help us look our best. And ironically, hairstylists are one of the professions that people have missed the most during I'm this quarantine. I am sorely missing mine and glad this isn't a TV show. Yeah. Alrighty. It, it is also National Bubble Tea Day. Uh, bubble or boba tea is made by combining tea, milk, and boba, which are small balls made from tapioca. You can also add boba to juice, slushies, or just milk. However, the original recipe for bubble tea is dated back to the 1980s in Taiwan. Alrighty. Yum. Today's also National Sarcio Sarciodosis Day. Um, I hope I said that right. Sarciodosis Day. <laughs> um, but it raises awareness about a non-contagious immune system disease. While most commonly found in the lungs, it is an inflammatory disease that can affect any part of the body inside or out. It typically looks like a scaly rash or red bumps, and often people don't realize they have it and blame it on allergies or a simple reaction to something with which they came into contact with. Sarso, <laughs> I'm going to spell it out this time. S-A-R-C-O-I-D-O-S-I-S. Sarcoidosis? We hope so, yeah. So... I apologize if I mispronounce that in any way, but it can affect muscles, bones, kidney, eyes, liver, the heart, and any other part of the body. Anybody can get it, but typically uh, it attacks people between the ages of 20 and 40. In about half the cases, it goes away without treatment, and in more severe cases for which there is no cure, the symptoms may last for years and cause organ damage. And while scientists don't fully understand it, uh, research continues to be done on it and the hopes of finding the cause and cure. Yeah, so 
good thing they're bringing awareness to it because I've never heard of it and I don't know how to pronounce it. And once again, I just wanted to spell it out again in case anybody wanted to look it up and find out more information about it. And that's just going to be S-A-R-C-O-I-D-O-S-I-S. Sarcoidosis. And, okay. And since it is the last day of the month, it is jam-packed with national holidays and i only decided to report on three but i wanted to mention the other ones as kind of an honorable mention so it's also national adopt a shelter pet day national oatmeal cookie day national raisin day national military brats day national honesty day and national bugs bunny day i'm gonna practice national honesty day here and i'm gonna say the fact that national oatmeal cookie day and national raisin day occur on the same day must be some kind of collusion between the oatmeal cookies and the people who like raisins because oatmeal cookies are fine without raisins but they had to put them on the same day and i'm just being national honest day here but i think there's something <laughs> afoot i love uh cookies i love cookies I, but i'm not a big oatmeal raisin i guy. love i love oatmeal raisin that's what i meant to say i was like what is the cookie i'm thinking because <laughs> you always about. think they're chocolate chip <laughs> and yeah. they're never chocolate chip you know it's like it's like yeah definitely you you aren't relating to this at all are you you're like, I love oatmeal raisin. I'm not giving it up. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> Alrighty. Okay. There is something in the air that we have to talk about. Oh, man. It is. I opened my window. Whoa. It's the <laughs> weather. So uh, today was not only the hottest day of the week, but it was also the hottest day of the month is a great way to end the month at a high of 84 degrees on friday you can expect these high temperatures and the sun to stick around as the high will settle just around 80 degrees moving into your weekend things are going to cool down high 64 on saturday and a pretty decent chance of rain and substantial cloud coverage on sunday but the temperature is going to jump up to about 75 degrees looking at next week that high of 75 is going to last through monday and those clouds are going to disappear it's going to be clear it's going to be nice it's going to be sunny so yeah stuff to look forward to and even a little bit of rain that's your weather. And uh, that's our show, Ooh. yeah. That is our show. We got to thank our reporters. Thank you, Coda Babcock and Jonathan Boomtown Gillum for coming on the show and being awesome. Yeah, definitely. We have to thank our guests for coming in and talking about Rams Against Hunger. That was really amazing. Thank you so much for coming on. Yeah, um, we have to make sure that we thank all the awesome people we work with, like Julia Baddeley's, Hannah Copeland, Isaiah Reyes, Peter Walk, Monty Daniels, Josh Kellogg, Hunter Sinclair, Asher Korn, Desiree Cruz, Taylor Sandal, and there's more, Sam Bonifay, Yasmin Conscious, and everyone here at KCSU. We couldn't do this without you. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. I have to thank you, Max. And since it is National uh, Honesty Day, I have to be honest, this show would suck without you. Oh, well, thanks. And uh, National Honesty Day, I'm very glad you're here doing this with me. Aww. Uh, and finally, we couldn't do this without you, listeners. Thank you so much. And with that, we'll see you we'll next see time. We'll see you next time. <laughs> <laughs>